Hey guys, welcome to the One Delightful Podcast. Where we believe life should be simple. But awesome. I'm Katie. And I'm Philip. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we try to start a new business and grow our family. While trying to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what really matters. And trust us, if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show, we are looking out the window at the vintage Airstream camper that we officially bought. We'll give you an update. And then we're gonna have a conversation about what do you do during a season of uncertainty or unpredictability. And we will end as always with what do you recommend? So we are in our office and we can see a 1975? 19, it's hard because the manual says 1975, but the title says 1976. That's super confusing. I know. Airstream Argosy in our driveway. That's we right. did it. <laughs> oh, geez, we did it. You survived the trip. Yeah, I did. It was harrowing to say the least. Yeah, you were kind of at the end of yourself when I um, got some updates from you on the road. So the 03 Chevy Tahoe made it down to Stanton, Virginia fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took about uh, nine or 10 hours to get down there. But I will tell you that a 24-foot camper looks a lot longer than I thought it was going to look. And also, I think the beginning parts of the hurricane happened as oh, I yeah, started yeah. driving back. So... I was driving it back in the rain almost all the way, and it is a little bit terrifying to drive the camper on the road because when you brake, unless you go real slow, you start to skid. Oh, geez. And that, that's just like not a good feeling when you know you've got this big thing towing behind. And in hindsight, I think that there's like an electronic brake control that you could get for a camper. Mm-hmm that we did not have on our car. And I think that might've been part of why it was so hard to break. But my two trip took about nine hours. The return trip took 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. So by the time I pulled into the driveway, I was in bad shape. Yeah. But don't worry, mom and dad, if you're still listening to this (laughs) podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We are going to be, now I think it's kind of like, see what we have bring it up to safety. Yeah, codes. that's right. So getting it back was the first step and we did that. Right. <sighs> Thank goodness. It was a little touch and go there for a few minutes. The getting next it thing turned around in the driveway. That was the next thing I was going to say yeah. because the last half of the trip I was sweating bullets just thinking how am I going to turn this thing around so to back it into the nine foot clearance that we had for it in our driveway. Cause I, was st- I stayed at a friend's house in Philadelphia on the way and we had to turn it around so that I could get out the next morning, mm-hmm. um, in a decent size street driveway. and driveway. And it took us 45 minutes to yeah, figure I can't it out. Believe that. So thinking about our driveway, I was like, Oh no, this is not going to work out. And my Tahoe is going to be stuck <laughs> on this camper forever. But In like 20 minutes, we figured out how to turn it around. So it went pretty well. That is one of the instances where I have more faith in you than you have in yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I think that process will probably get easier, though it is still a little bit scary to me. But our issue is we live on a busy street. So then 
like you have to deal with the people being frustrated that you are blocking both lanes of traffic. That's right. And it's just sort of like, what, what can you do? Yeah. But we made it in. And when I got the camper, we bought it from this really nice family in Mm -hmm. Virginia that had used it for a few years. They did Thanksgiving in it every year. I feel like that's a fun fact. Um, I looked at it and the guy gave me a tour of it and showed me how everything worked. And I thought everything was in pretty good shape. Yeah. And I would say that was encouraging to me that you said that. And it smells pretty bad. I mean, I'm like, I guess I haven't even been in an Airstream. That's the ironic thing about this whole thing. Well, and a 50 year old one. (laughs) Is it 50 years old? The 70s. Yeah. Well, 40. Okay. So it's an antique, I think. Okay, so I can't count. 40 years old. So an antique, vintage Airstream. Um, but it definitely... I think that they were okay with it being a little bit stinky, and I'm just not okay with that. I don't think... No, these were fine people, and I feel like you're selling their name a little bit by saying that. I don't I'm, think that they were okay with a stinky trailer. I just think they were more rustic in their taste yes. for camping. Yeah, so... We're going to be documenting the updating process, but I think we've backtracked a little bit in that we want to make sure this family was using it. So we have a lot of we a lot of the systems we know are working, et cetera. But I think as we've continued to do research, we found we we're going to have it checked out. So that'll be one of our updates soon to see what kind of work needs to be done to make sure it's like. So the thing is that we feel like this tees into our desire to live more simply. Right. And part of it was because we're going to be Airbnb our house right. to supplement our income. Which is actually happening. Which is starting next Saturday. We yeah. have a booking. Right. Um, our place went really fast, which is super encouraging. But our thought was we'd have the camper ready for our first booking. But now it looks like it might not be ready because I might have to replace the subfloor in it, which I, I think is going to take quite a while. Mm-hmm. And we have to answer questions like, can a normal electric refrigerator go in it? Yeah. Can you plug in a regular cooktop? How do you replace a subfloor <laughs> in a vintage if Airstream? We, there's a whole like language to it that I didn't know existed. You know, where it's like you would just think, oh, replace the refrigerator with a regular refrigerator. But you know what, Philip? It's not just that it runs on propane and that or so a lot of camper refrigerators run on gas or propane or electric. It's called a three way refrigerator. Oh, the three way. Or you can get a two way refrigerator. What's two way? Just like two options, like propane or electric. Okay. I'd like one that runs on a hand crank, <laughs> put the kids to work. <laughs> um, but it's also that ref- a basic refrigerator might not be designed to like for the wear and tear that the happens jiggle. on the road. The jiggling. There's a lot of jiggle. Yeah. And yeah, I read that too. The okay. compressor could jiggle around yeah. and break easily. But then a lot of people are just putting them in there. And then I'm also like, well, if it's a $150 refrigerator. Then like, who cares if you have yeah. to replace it every once in a while. Right. Well, sort of. I mean, so we have lots of questions. Yeah. And we're on a time mm-hmm. crunch, right? Because right. the thought was... Airbnb supplements our income. The camper helps us live simply with our kids because we're sort of forced to just be together on the weekends mm-hmm. um, where normally we would just sort of be in the house driving each other crazy. But now the renovation might take longer than we think. So 
Have we gotten ourselves into a lot of hot water? Or is this still an incredible plan that's going to work out great? We'll keep you updated. (laughs) And if you want to see more photos and updates on our Airstream and the progress we're making, we're going to be sharing that on our Instagram account and probably our Facebook group too. So as you guys are following along with our story in real time on this podcast, we thought we would talk a little bit today about what's it like to live in a season of uncertainty. Because as we're sharing this podcast and starting this podcast, we're, we have a lot of transition in our lives. Yeah, I would say that we are living in a season of uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, you could probably pick up on that too, right? Because think about all the new things we've talked about in our life. One delightful shop is brand new. You mean you like them, not me. (laughs) You said you can probably pick up on that. And you looked at me. Oh yeah. I mean the plural you like ustedes, (laughs) the the listeners. Because I can pick up on it because I'm living it. But yes, if people followed along with our story at all, I think last spring, we really weren't expecting to be in this, like we were kind of making plans to make a change, but we didn't know how much change we were really preparing for. Right. And it feels like things have snowballed and a change in my work has ended up being my job changing, your job changing, because One Delightful Shop is sort of brand new, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, we have the adoption piece that's up in the air right. that we don't know what's going to happen with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit sad. We haven't talked about this yeah. that much, um, but the little girl that we had been somewhat pursuing mm-hmm. and got adopted by another family, which is mm-hmm. wonderful, but it also is like yeah. a little bit sad too. You know, it's really just, I think adoption is so hard no matter how you cut it. Cause I feel like I always thought people that went through a private Witchmajigger, what do you call it? Agency? Yeah. That that was such a slow process. Or if you go international, that's a slow process. But I was talking to another family that they did the class at the same time as us mm-hmm. and they're not even approved yet. Oh, really? And so wow. the fact that they were encouraged that we were approved and we're like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I just want to say God bless you if you're a social worker. Because oh, I feel like these guys are so overworked. It, mm-hmm. It's got to be really hard. They have too many cases, too many people to manage. And yeah. so it ends up being a slow process. Yeah, so that's and it's got to be a really hard job. A side tangent to... But, so new jobs. Right. Walking through the adoption thing. Trying to figure out what we sort of want to do in the future with our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that leads us to do like the Airbnb thing mm-hmm. and the Airstream thing. But everything just feels a little bit up in the air right now as we're in this season of transition and we don't know where we're going to land. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little tenuous. Yeah. So we thought it would be interesting to talk about interesting. Is that the right word? (laughs) Helpful, helpful, therapeutic for us. Yeah. Well, and I think just to like pull back the curtain a little bit and be like honest about we're, I think it's easy for us to talk about this stuff kind of lightheartedly because we don't want it to be a really heavy podcast 
you know, like we, we kind of want it to be a mix, right? Philip? We want there to be funny tears and happy tears, but not a lot of like super sad tears. But if it's okay to have, you a shouldn't want to go have a drink at, at the end of this, <laughs> unless it's a fun cocktail. Well, but being real at the same time, like a meaningful use of their time. That's right. So, yeah. So, so that's what we thought we would share about. It's it's easy to kind of be lighthearted on here because we both used humor as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I think we both kind of flip-flop between like, I'm feeling okay one day and you're a little bit stressed about what are we doing? And I, anyways. Absolutely. So... And I feel like it could be helpful because everybody at some point goes through a season of transition or a time when work or where you're going to be or what you're supposed to do is a little bit uncertain. So we just wanted to talk today about some of the struggles we've had with it and some of the things that have been helpful for us as we're trying very imperfectly to work through it. Um, And I think for us, maybe it's more for me than for you, but the thing that's helped me make sense of this the most because in you're you're so right like in this season there are days when i'm like oh we are going to be fine this is going to work out mm-hmm. great this is going to be awesome even though we don't know what this necessarily is and then i have like the next day or later on that day i'm like this is all going to fall apart none of this is going <laughs> to be successful we are crazy we should just yeah. go get regular jobs like this is terrible and we are very, we should be very very afraid right mm-hmm. Um, and I read this thing in the past couple of months that's been so helpful for me. Um, and I think it's helpful for you too, mm-hmm. um, where we as people are constantly trying to make sense of our reality by like creating a narrative or like a story that's like our story that we're living in. So we have all these things going on. Like for us, it's job change. It's we like house stuff. It's we have your shop. It's we have the adoption thing. All these like pieces that are floating around. It's how do we care for our kids well? How do we live simply in the mm-hmm. midst of it? We have all these pieces floating around and our brains are constantly trying to create a story out of it to like make sense of it right. all. And I think that something that's been really helpful for me is realizing that I have some control over what story I choose to believe about what I'm doing and where my life is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, the days when I'm really down, it's generally because I'm taking all the pieces mm-hmm. of our life and putting them together in such a way that the story is one where we're going to fail, where things aren't going to work out, where there isn't a God, you mm-hmm. know, that'll take care of us. Um, and we're going to fail. And so that leads to like fear and anxiety. (laughs) My story, like saying, I'm probably going to get this Airstream. I'm probably not going to be able to get it back to the house. I'm probably going to run into a tractor trailer. It's going to end real bad. How, why are you making me do this? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we can also write a more positive story Mm -hmm. that has just as much a shot of being equally true. And because we're people of faith, we really believe that there's a God who, is helping us and actively working for our good. Mm -hmm. And so have really strong reason to believe that, man, our story's probably going to end up okay. And so we can take those same pieces that are going on in our life. And instead of them leading to, I should be really afraid because we're going to fail, just as easily our story could be, 
man, we've been led into this season of transition where we're being led to a place where life is going to be different in a better way than it's ever been before with what we end up doing for work, maybe connected to this house stuff or camper stuff that we're doing. It's going to lead to a more simple life where we can care for our kids better, where we're going to be able to welcome a new kid into our family. And at the end of the day, we have reason to have a ton of hope because this uncertain season is probably leading towards something that's better than we could ever imagine. And we have a lot of choice of which story we choose to believe. And a lot of what we've done in this season uncertainty is have to constantly remind ourselves that we want to live into the story of hope and not sort of just default to the story of like anxiety that leads to fear Mm -hmm. because we're afraid we're going to fail, which I feel like is just sort of like our default position. Right. Um, So we, that's pause. Yeah. You just talked for like five minutes straight. I do that sometimes. I couldn't like get you to stop talking. Oh, I liked your train of thought, but I just like, it made me feel like I don't know what I'm going to say when he stops talking because he's been talking for so long. (laughs) What would you like to say in response to that? <laughs> well, I, I, hopefully you can still use all that. It was still good stuff, but it was just like you just kept talking. Oh, talking. you think I should edit this part? <laughs> well, it can be a blooper at the end. <laughs> um, so, well, what you were saying about the story thing, it made me think of how there's a lot of people, and I really don't pay that much attention to it because... Do you remember that book, The Secret, that's kind of weird, like Oprah likes it? (laughs) It's a secret. Well, we don't really like that. But um, I think a lot of people have talked about like visualizing things. And I think like almost like I visualized it. So I like made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of dumb a little bit in that like I heard a girl talking about like I visualized getting like being a hair model (laughs) what is a hair model i mean like there was a certain like product that she liked like it was like a curling iron or something and she was like i visualized like that and it's like and then it like happened and i god bless her right i think that's so stupid but I do think I can see the connection between that and the story thing. Because if you're like, no, like, I think this is the right thing for us to be doing. I believe this is, you know, the right, this is the right thing for us to do with this season of our life. It's kind of connected to the visualizing thing where you're not like, oh, I visualize myself like, you know, crashing the camper, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's that's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. And I think I think maybe a big thing to it that I'm even realized as we're talking it out right now is that our default position is to assume that bad stuff's going to happen. Right. Right. Well, it doesn't take any effort to be like, oh, you know what? This is probably a terrible idea. We're going to fail. And I should be terrified right now. I feel like that's almost like our default position. And what we have to work for is to be in a place where it's like, no, like all this is happening and it could end up being really great at the end. I think it's probably like the survival instincts in us too. You know? That's probably true. Like of like, oh. I have to go find the next carrot plant. (laughs) 
Carrot plant. Carrot plant. You know, plant grows carrots. I don't like carrots very much. I have to go find the next orange tree or I will starve. Okay. I'm assuming that these are primordial people living in like a Floridian type of environment. I, I wish we lived like somewhere where we could have like an avocado tree. Avocados grow on trees? No, I'm joking. I know that. Okay. Uh, I <laughs> sort of made me question myself or citrus trees. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Like if you had a lemon tree in your backyard, mm-hmm. you know, although it might, here's a little bees. sidetrack, grapefruit tree, right? Grapefruit should grow on a tree too. I guess those How branches have to be those? very strong. Yeah. Those melons. Well, grapefruit's not really melon, but you know what I mean? Anywho, it's a good point. I feel like it might be good. I I hope that that makes sense to you. Um, And for us, I feel like there's a few things that help us live into more of that story of like hope Mm -hmm. for the future um, and get out of thinking or being stuck in a cycle of like fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. sort of derailing our process of getting to where we're being led. And ruining your present life. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a big part of it, right? Yeah. And that was kind of one of our things that we were thinking was if if you are so if you or if we are so consumed with how is this all going to play out, it totally steals the joy of the present life. Mhm. Right? So for example, for us, I'm doing less of the work that I was doing before. So we have flexibility a couple days a week that we haven't ever had before. Mm -hmm. And if there are definitely times where we're like, oh, no, how are we going to make money? This is terrible. We got to work real hard. And so we miss the opportunity that we have with this flexibility to go walk on the beach Mm -hmm. or be home and just hang out with our kids when they get home in the afternoon because we're afraid that everything's going to fall apart. So we have to like. Mm-hmm. very like anally work really hard to try to make money, even though we probably could take it a little more easy mm-hmm. and just enjoy the present. But the fear sort of robs us of being able to enjoy the present. Right. I feel like life is always a mix of like trying to figure out when do I need to work really hard and figure this out? And when do I need to like, you know, and mm-hmm. I would say our, parameters that we kind of set for ourselves with this season remember with with when we're gonna be with the kids and be present yeah kind of helps to guide that some too that's right because we know that on sunday we're not gonna do work we might do like i might do like a design house thing but you enjoy because it. i restful. enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah. Because there's a piece of it, too, where we're still all in on, we're hoping that the end of this is going to be a simpler life that's Mm -hmm. decluttered, less busy, less overwhelming. Um, But what we're finding is we thought having less work with the jobs that we had was going to automatically create this space. Right. But fear robs you of that space. Um, But like hope connected with like, this could turn out all right frees you up to be able to enjoy the present quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. So for 3.30 to 5, 7 to 9 on Sundays to disconnect and be able to just enjoy each other and our family. Yeah. So we thought, too, um, having people that you that know you well, that you respect, 
and maybe like aligns with your beliefs speak into your life and maybe affirm you're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah, that's right. So I feel like there's a piece of it where when you're in a season of uncertainty, mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier for you to be fearful about how it's going to turn out. But someone else that's looking from the outside in has a lot easier time saying, Oh no, you guys are going to be fine. Right. Um, I mean, I think we see that as true, right? Like we have, we have friends that are about to get married. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be easy for them to stress over, well, what is, you know, where are we going to live? What's the next, you know, where are we going to be in the next year, et cetera, stuff like that. But I think thinking about us and thinking about like, oh, how fun was the first year of marriage? How fun and hard, but how fun it was. And we didn't have kids yet. And, you know, like you had a lot more freedom. And so we look at it from the outside, right? And are like, you are two very sharp people that are going to be fine. Like you're not going to have any problem finding work. You're going to figure out a place to live and you, you should be able to just really enjoy this season. But that's never how you feel when right. you're, you're the one experiencing the uncertainty or transition. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for us, right? Because even we were eating dinner with good friends a couple months ago when we first started talking about maybe renovating a house or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And both of us were like, how are we going to do this? Can we do this? Right. Oh, no. Like, is this a terrible idea? Right. Why are we even thinking about this? This is dumb. And then we went and talked to friends who said, oh, you guys have done a great job with every house that you've ever Mm -hmm. owned and you've always turned it around and done pretty well with it. You're the perfect people to do something like this. And my parents didn't think we were crazy. (laughs) Which that says something. That says something. (laughs) They might now though. Yeah, they might now. (laughs) Now that they know about the camper. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I feel like the last little tidbit that has been helpful for us that might be helpful for you and how to cope with a time of uncertainty or how to like choose to live into that story of hope um, instead of the story of Mm -hmm. fear um, is sometimes it's a little bit counterintuitive, but I feel like sometimes it (laughs) Katie is sniffing essential oils (laughs) Mm. and it's making me lose my train of focus. Oh, I thought it smelled like black licorice. That's this one. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. A little essential oil advertisement. Yeah. Um, but this seems a little bit counterintuitive. Okay, you got to stop smelling the essential oils. <laughs> wow, go on. Um, I think it can be helpful sometimes to play out what's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that can give you the freedom to maybe take a little bit more risk or have a little bit more hope um, than you have if you don't do that. Um, like for us, I feel like worst case scenario, Airbnb doesn't work. This camper ends up being a money pit. Um, we adopt a kid and adopting this child just like turns our life upside down with medical appointments or whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? Just like sort of turns our life upside down. No, you're scaring me. And none of our stuff works out financially that we're trying. Worst case scenario, I'm going to have a master's degree. Um, you have a lot of marketable skills. Um, and I'm sure that we would be able to go out and find a job that pays decently well where we're covering our living expenses and health insurance. 
you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. worst case scenario, we sort of go back to having to work a more normal schedule and figure in life out. Yeah. That's not really all that bad. Right. And that takes a lot of the edge off of the fear of like, what happens if this doesn't work or fall apart when it's just this nebulous worst case scenario blob that you haven't really thought out. It's a lot bigger and scary than if you just play it out. And for us realize, you know, worst case scenario isn't really that bad. So we're able to take a few more risks knowing that the fallback we're still going to be okay. Yeah, because it's it's not like a blind risk either. Right. And I don't think that means that there's not times that in life that you are taking somewhat of a, you know, a leap, right? Where I mean, you don't really know. Because, I mean, in some ways we don't really know, but we, you know, how all of our entrepreneur ventures are going to all turn out. But it was somewhat calculated of a risk in that we... You know, like we had financial cushion to be like, okay, we're this is our backup plan, and this, you know, this is how we'll pay our mortgage. And these are things in the past that makes us think that we could do this, right? Right? It's not just like, like, right? Hey, we're gonna go open up a Cadoba, right? (laughs) Right? I don't know why that's the thing that I thought about. Yeah, that's kind of random. And I think some of it for us has to go back to as well. We've done this before, like made a big life transition that's been crazy when we moved from Virginia to Boston, mm-hmm. um, where they, it made absolutely no sense. But again, sort of connected to our faith, it felt like it was not just the right thing to do, but was what God wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And it turned out better than we could have ever imagined, right? Yeah, that's true. And I feel like that that knowing for us, it's our faith assuring us that there's God who's going to continue to help us into the future where we can remember back at that and then look forward and say, we're probably going to be taken care of just like we have been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And that helps to sort of empower us to take risks and move in the direction we feel like is the right direction to move in. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is a dare to dream Dare to live the life you imagine. I dare to move. <laughs> I, I dare like to move. But I do think there's a lot of. I think that there. So this is kind of addressing the idea of. Um, how do you handle the season of uncertainty? But I also feel like there's people that it's like, oh, I really like wish I could do this thing, hmm. and it's kind of like, maybe look at worst case scenario, and maybe it is possible. Yeah. You know. What if you looked at all the pieces floating around in your life and instead of them telling a story that says this could never work, is there just as plausible a story that says, oh no, based off this, this, and this, I could do this Mm -hmm. and my life could be more of what I wanted it to be if I did. Yeah. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Life is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) My quote was Helen Keller. Life is a highway. Oh, mine was Forrest Gump and (laughs) the car soundtrack. (laughs) Rascal Flats. We're going to end today's show with What Do You Recommend? Where we make a recommendation of something that we like in the world. Hey, Katie. (laughs) Hi. What do you recommend this week? 
So I'm actually going to recommend something for my shop this week. Oh, snap. And it is... Product placement. <laughs> actually called... It's called the Berkshire Top. Okay. And I like it because it's that waffly material kind of that's like long johns. Yeah, paint me a word picture. <laughs> and I wore it this week because we had a little bit cooler of a day and it was like the perfect cozy piece. So they are a little bit oversized and... But they do still run small through 3X. But wait, 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 wait. I only want to wear shirts in the fall that I could tie somehow. Am I able to do this with yeah. this top? <laughs> you are able to tie it. And you could tuck it in if you wanted to instead. Oh, wow. That's versatility. Yeah. So, Philip, what do you recommend? My recommendation this week is a television program on the Netflix family of yes. shows. Tell me more. And it's called Stay Here. Yeah. It features Genevieve from way back in TLC. What was the first TLC Have show where they were? mentioned this before? Did I don't think so. Like, oh. <laughs> but what was the TLC show that Genevieve was on? Trading Places. Trading Places. That's what makes me feel like we already talked about it. Maybe we did. We'll recommend it again. Okay. Who cares? It's our podcast. We can do stuff twice. <laughs> but Genevieve from way back from the Trading Places days yes. and some other dude who I, I don't know who he oh, is, no, right? but they do a home renovation show. But the twist is they're helping people who want to do Airbnb rentals, get their places ready um, to be vacation rentals. So it's both um, very timely for us currently but it was just an interesting new take on like a home renovation show. And we yeah. really enjoyed it. So it's on Netflix. It's called Stay Here. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes. What will they come up with next? That's going to do it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. If you want to connect with us out of the show, you can find us on Instagram at One Delightful Shop or Facebook one Delightful Shop also, or even email us at OneDelightfulShop at gmail.com. Wow, you really streamlined the naming of all those things. I need one thing. <laughs> For links to anything that we talked about in the show, make sure and check out the show notes. And we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on iTunes that helps so many more people hear about our Airstream camper. And... If you would like to support us, or if you like this podcast, we're putting a link in the show notes for Amazon. So basically, if you buy anything from Amazon using our link, it helps to support us, our family, but it does not cost you any money. Wow. That's Stick a Stick it to win. the man. Stick it to the man. I don't know if that actually sticks it to the man. It sticks it to the Amazon man. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>